Morth Vallis, Schiaparelli, Acidalia Planitia. What do these words mean? If you've seen the movie, read the book, or just talked recently with anyone who has, then you've been hearing some strange names from the Martian flying around. I'm Meg Rosenberg, and today we're taking a little spoiler-free romp through the Martian countryside to explore the physics-filled legacy of those valleys and craters. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates. And to NASA. And to the entire world. But I'm still alive. It shouldn't shock anyone to note that Andy Weir's best-selling novel, The Martian, takes place on Mars, where stranded astronaut Mark Watney does his best to survive against some pretty daunting odds. Each of the places he encounters is a real site on the Red Planet with a story behind its name, many with a strong connection to the history of astronomy and physics down here on Earth. Here's the lowdown on a few Martian landmarks you may have heard about. First up, the crater Schiaparelli, landing site of the fictional Ares IV mission and an important destination for our intrepid protagonist. It's named for 19th century Italian astronomer Giovanni Schiaparelli, who published a series of pioneering Mars maps based on his telescopic observations. He designated the broad light and dark regions he could distinguish, what we call classical albedo features now, after places and figures from classical antiquity. Among these features was Arabia Terra, the section of rugged terrain where Schiaparelli Crater is located, and Mare Acidalium, or the Sea of Acidalia, named after a mythical fountain in Greece, frequented by Venus and the Three Graces. That name survives in Acidalia Planitia, the landing site of the Ares III mission in the Martian, where Mark Watney spends a lot more time than he ever expected that he would. So the large features we hear about come largely from these classical albedo features, but what about the smaller ones, like Rutherford Crater? Enter nuclear physics. I uh, had the opinion for a long time, that's a personal conviction, that if we knew more about the nucleus, we'd find it was a much simpler thing uh, than we supposed. Ernest Rutherford is perhaps best known for his gold foil experiment, which showed that atoms are composed largely of empty space, with the positive charge and most of the mass concentrated in a tiny nucleus in the center that uh, these fundamental things, I think, have got to be fairly simple. But it's the non-fundamental things that are very complex, usually. I am always a believer in simplicity, being a simple person myself. Simple or not, Rutherford was a giant of his day, winning the 1908 Nobel Prize in Chemistry and nicknamed the Crocodile because, according to his colleague, Pyotr Kapitza, it goes straight forward with gaping jaws, like science, like Rutherford. Rutherford Crater lies just next to a trio of craters that our wandering astronaut dubs Watney's Triangle, Becquerel, Trouvelot, and Marth. Sticking with nuclear physics, Antoine-Henri Becquerel was a French physicist who discovered radioactivity, seemingly by chance, in 1896 when he pulled a photographic plate wrapped in black paper, never having been exposed to light, from a drawer and found it had been darkened by exposure to a hunk of uranium salt. As it happens, this same observation was made four decades earlier by a photographic inventor and written about by Becquerel's own father, but nothing came of it at the time, and little Henri grew up to share the 1903 Nobel Prize with Marie and Pierre Curie. Moving right along, Etienne Leopold Trouvelot was a French astronomer who started working at the Harvard College Observatory in 1872, producing thousands of stunning astronomical illustrations. 
Unfortunately for Massachusetts, though, his prior interest in entomology led him to bring specimens of the invasive gypsy moth with him to the state, making him single-handedly responsible for an ecological disaster that hasn't been resolved to this day. Albert Marth was also an astronomer, born in Germany and working in England and Ireland, who identified and cataloged hundreds of nebulae, discovered an asteroid, and calculated detailed ephemerides, or position and timetables, for solar system bodies. In 1879, he even went out of his way to calculate when an observer on Mars would be able to see Earth pass in front of the Sun, an event that no human, not even Mark Watney, has yet witnessed. The last time it would have been observable was 1984, and the geometry won't be right again until 2084. So maybe we've got a shot at seeing an Earth transit almost 70 years from now. By the way, Marth is not to be confused with Marth, as in Marth Vallis, a large channel that also makes an appearance in the Martian. Where Albert Marth was a person, Marth Vallis gets its name from the Welsh word for Mars, following a naming convention for large valleys and channels established in 1973. Come to think of it, all of the craters we've mentioned so far, Schiaparelli, Rutherford, Becquerel, Trouvelot, and Marth, they all got their names in 1973 as well. Coincidence? Um, not really. Three Mariner spacecraft have flown by Mars in recent years. They were fleeting glimpses, and the craft did not fly close to the mysterious red planet. 2,000 miles was the closest. On November 13th, Mariner 9 changed all that. As its braking rocket fired, the picture-taking Mariner swung into orbit around Mars, an orbit allowing the spacecraft to come within 850 miles of the surface. As it circles the planet twice a day, it will photograph and gather data for at least three months, mapping 70% of the planet's surface. In 1971, Mariner 9 gathered never-before-seen views of the Martian surface, and all of a sudden, hundreds of new features needed names. The International Astronomical Union, the governing body in charge of official names, set up the Working Group for Planetary System Nomenclature, with task groups for various solar system bodies, including Mars. Schiaparelli's classical albedo features were adjusted where they no longer made sense, and large valleys like Marth Vallis were named Mars in various languages. Large craters were named after famous scientists who studied Mars, or others who had contributed to the lore of Mars. Small craters were named after small cities on Earth, like this one, which has a lore all its own. Hamlin's in the grip of a curse. Let's face it, the situation's tragic. We'll not be saved. Saved by magic. Where are Pooh's Who's Missing? The music of the Piper. Oh, Paul, you're imagining it again. Who's Missing? You hear it, don't you? Yes, I think I do, yes. Hamlin Crater, named after the small town of Hamlin, Germany, of Pied Piper fame, becomes a useful landmark for Watney in his quest to survive on Mars. So these are all natural formations, but what about the robots mentioned in The Martian? The Sojourner rover that accompanied NASA's Pathfinder lander got its name from 12-year-old Valerie Ambroise, who won a contest in 1995 with her suggestion, the abolitionist and women's rights champion Sojourner Truth. The essay contest tradition continued with the Mars Exploration rovers in 2003, and 9-year-old Sophie Collis penned in her winning entry, quote, In America, I can make all of my dreams come true. Thank you for the spirit and the opportunity. The latest robotic resident of Mars to receive a name this way was the Mars Science Laboratory, which gained a new moniker in 2009 from 12-year-old Clara Ma. I selected the name Curiosity, and I chose that name because I was really curious about 
um, space in the, our planets and our solar system, and I wanted to learn more about it. Other curious names that make it into the Martian? The moons Phobos and Deimos, meaning fear and dread, were named for the twin sons of Mars, the god of war, by their discoverer, Asaph Hall, in 1878. You may have noticed that many of these names tend to reflect Western achievements and traditions, just as the names on the far side of the moon tend to honor Russian or Soviet figures since Luna 3 was the first to image it. Maps and names are never truly apolitical, and the story behind which names stick and which ones are forgotten has many twists and turns. Since its official founding in 1919, the International Astronomical Union has been working to balance the names we give to new features. In 1976, Carl Sagan wrote, quote, It's important to make sure that the end result will be a non-provincial distribution of nationalities, epochs, and occupations, a distribution that our great-grandchildren can be proud of. It is just conceivable that some of them will be living on the places under discussion. Sagan's name appears in the Martian, too, since the Pathfinder lander was designated the Carl Sagan Memorial Station after its deployment on the surface of Mars in 1997. And Mark Watney gets to name some features of his own. And who knows, maybe we'll see a Watney Triangle, Lewis Vallis, or Entrance Crater on a Mars map someday. Woo! So what's in a name? A story, usually. You've been listening to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Meg Rosenberg, and you can find the stories behind these Martian names on our website, physicsbuzz.physicscentral.com.